Hello and welcome to the latest Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane and it's May the 13th. This week we're discussing the potential use of prophylactic antibiotics for women undergoing operative vaginal delivery. The paper is published tonight, May the 13th. And let's hear from our guest interviewee, who is the lead author of the paper. Hello, my name is Marion Knight. I'm Professor of Maternal and Child Population Health at the Nuffield Department of Population Health in the University of Oxford. Marion Knight, many thanks indeed for talking to The Lancet. You're one of the authors of a paper we're discussing, and this is looking at prophylactic uh, antibiotics for operative vaginal delivery. This, on the face of it, I thought seemed like a, a fairly obvious clinical thing. I couldn't quite understand the significance. But then, of course, when one looks into it, it is interesting. Do you want to give us the context, the clinical background? We know that um, sepsis or infection can cause maternal mortality and indeed um, severe maternal illness. We've got lots of information about risk factors. One major risk factor is cesarean birth, but another risk factor is, is operative vaginal birth. So that is birth by forceps or uh, vacuum extraction or von twos. There's been quite a lot of research thinking about, well, how can we effectively prevent these infections if we know that these types of operative births are a risk? There have been many, many trials, in fact, I think 95 different trials, looking at uh, antibiotic prophylaxis in the context of cesarean birth, but actually only previously one very small trial looking at uh, antibiotic prophylaxis, so preventive antibiotics, in the context of uh, operative vaginal birth, which showed no evidence of effect, but, but unsurprisingly, it was too small to show a substantial effect. So it's clearly a question that, that we felt needed investigating, hence the, the ANO trial, which is is published in The Lancet. And just to touch more on, on, on context, operative vaginal delivery, obviously I think we're all familiar with um, suction and forceps and assisted, deliver, assisted vaginal delivery or operative vaginal delivery. How common is it? I mean, that will vary, of course, according to setting and, and health system and so on. But just, just again, to put it in context with how, how common it is. That's a very good point. So it is highly variable around the world. So in the UK, for example, about 12% of births are, are forceps or von twos births. In the US, it's as low as 3%. In some low and middle income country settings, uh, there are very few, if any, carried out because the, the skills don't exist to undertake that type of delivery. In other contexts, in central Ugandan hospitals, for example, uh, rates are, are high, very similar to, to the UK. It is a form of assisted birth, which is used when labor is very advanced. And when labor is very advanced, it is actually the the safest way to to assist mothers uh, at birth because actually it's much much harder. It's a very very difficult cesarean delivery at that stage. Where at, actually, at, that st- at that stage, when you're in advanced labour, to suddenly make a decision to go into cesarean is actually more difficult and more challenging than actually assisted operative vaginal delivery. Exactly. So yes, I mean it's it, it, it clearly. The, the the decision about mode of delivery has to be uh, individual for each woman. If the labour is very advanced, the baby's head is is very you know is very close to to being born. It is safer for both mother and baby to have an assisted vaginal delivery. And we know that uh, worldwide cesarean section rates are increasing. And one of the uh, possible reasons for this is a, is a move away from assisted vaginal birth 
to cesarean section. So actually, anything we can do to make assisted vaginal birth as safe as possible and free from complications as possible is an important thing to do. And that, that again, was another motivator for uh, the anode trial. Thank you for making that point, because that fits very much with a lot of work that we've worked on in The Lancet recently about cesarean section worldwide and its use and overuse in some sections. So it's interesting that we're now discussing vaginal delivery. So just tell us about the anode trial, how it was done. So it's a UK-based study and it, it took place in 27 different hospital obstetric units and we uh, gave women uh, a single dose, a single intravenous dose of antibiotic after their operative vaginal delivery. So a median of three hours after birth, they had one single dose of antibiotic. And then we collected outcomes up to six weeks. The main outcome that we were looking at was confirmed or suspected maternal infection. And we looked at an, a, a range of other secondary outcomes, including wound complications and severe sepsis confirmed um, systemic infection on, on blood culture. And tell us the findings and go into the statistics a little bit, if you would. We identified an extremely uh, statistically significant reduction in confirmed or suspected maternal infection from 19% of infection in the, in the control group to 11% infection in the antibiotic group. So that was a confirmed or suspected infection. We also found a, a statistically significant decrease in, in severe um, culture-confirmed uh, infection from 1.5% of women in the placebo group to 0.6% in the antibiotic group. Many of the other secondary outcomes were also highly statistically significantly different between the groups. So women reported uh, lower rates of perineal pain uh, at six weeks, lower rates of perineal wound infection, lower rates of, uh, of perineal wound breakdown, wound dehiscence, all of which were extremely significantly different between the two groups. Perhaps for me, one of the most important, as a public health physician, I need to be very conscious of, of antibiotic stewardship. Because of this very large effect on maternal infection or suspected infection, giving everybody a, a universal single antibiotic dose overall was, was net sparing of, of antibiotic doses because of the reduction in infection. So we estimate that by giving everybody, so by a universal um, uh, prophylactic dose, we spared about 17%, overall 17% of antibiotic um, doses because of the reduction of the number of women who had an infection that needed treating. I can't, on the basis of these results, say anything about whether an oral dose would be as effective. We'd need to uh, look at that in separately. The other thing to point out is that it was given after birth. Antibiotics at caesarean section, for example, are given before birth, but there are increasing concerns about the potential impact of prenatal antibiotic exposure on the baby's microbiome. So by giving it after birth, it, it minimised the uh, potential exposure to the babies. It also means that there is antibiotic uh, in the mother's circulation for a longer period of time. And, and the, the, the perineal wound, so in most cases an, an episiotomy wound, but it, it could be a tear, is very different from a caesarean section wound. So it's not a, not a wound that is as easy to keep clean. So actually having that antibiotic given post-birth, meaning that there is, there is antibiotic uh, preventing infection for a longer time, could potentially be an important thing. I can't say that, you, you know, on the basis of this, I 
um, wouldn't suggest that people decide that maybe they should be giving more than one dose because all we can say is that, that one dose is highly effective. People shouldn't extrapolate that into thinking, well, maybe maybe more is better because then we get, you know, there is then the issue about are we really and safeguarding what... Indeed, and, then we're, and, and, and over-prescribing antibiotics, and yeah. etc. Yeah. So yes, no, no, important, yeah. important point to make there. But most interestingly, Marion, what clinical guidelines? I mean, what what do these results from the ANO trial, um, what, what do they say to <laughs> the clinical guidelines board? So very interestingly, every, every guideline that there is, so there's the WHO guideline, Royal College guidelines in, in the UK and in Australasia, specifically advise against using antibiotics in this context and this evidence to me is extremely clear and I think those guidelines should be changed as a, as a matter of urgency because there's very very clear evidence of benefit to women. Well we shall watch and observe closely because clearly this could be a, a game-changing trial that we're discussing which is potentially very exciting. And just a final question Marion before we draw this to a close I think we've already touched on it. Future research priorities here Less developed settings, the oral antibiotics versus um, injectable antibiotics to assess efficacy. There are some implications for future research as well from this trial, aren't there? Exactly so. One important question is is, is oral versus intravenous because we want to make sure that, that we've got an intervention that is equally applicable in low and middle income country settings. We need to investigate a little bit more about timing. So as I said, the antibiotic was given a median of three hours after women gave birth. So I think we do need to do a little bit more investigation to see whether it's potentially more effective earlier than later postnatally. One of the most important things is that even with this uh, single dose, there were 11% of women had a confirmed or suspected infection. And as we know, that there's many other potential interventions to, to, to help prevent infection, not, not just including antibiotics. There is a place for investigating, for example, other means of, of, of sterilizing or cleansing the perineal wound, um, thinking about aseptic precautions at the time of, of operative vaginal delivery so that we can try and get that 11% even lower. Indeed, but a very interesting discussion. You've got a, a, a clear statistically significant result. We've discussed the implications for clinical guidelines. So Marion Knight, many thanks indeed for talking to, to The Lancet and, and I will watch the outcome and the impact of the ANO trial with interest. Thanks very much for talking to The Lancet. Thank you very much. And do look out for the comment published alongside the ANO trial by authors from the University of Bologna and from Thomas Jefferson University, Philadelphia in the United States, in which they refer to this trial as practice changing. Thanks for listening. See you next time.